Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this conversation might be the one I feel most passionate about in this summer series. And that's because we're encouraging our listeners to do something I almost missed out on myself. Today, we are talking about how to hack a free degree. I know, Christy, who knew you could get a degree in memoir writing or movie reviewing and horticulture without ever leaving home or opening your wallet? Friends, it's never too late to lean into your passions, the quirkier, maybe even the better. So get comfy. Here we go. Lisa Joe, I know that you and I both have friends who are... Can I use the phrase middle-aged for us? Are you okay with me doing that? I mean, or would I, you prefer me not to? I wrote a whole book about it, so I do feel like I've owned it. <laughs> me and my true. middle are okay. quite comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> We're both in our 40s. We're both, yeah, getting comfortable using that frame, phrase middle-aged. And yet you and I have friends who um, have recently gone back to school for advanced degrees or recently graduated. And um, I know when I look at them, I'm so proud of them. And I'm also telling myself, I will never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you say that as well? Because you also, you have already put in your time when it comes to advanced degrees. Do you say the same thing? So it's interesting because I... I totally resonate with that. I've thought the same thing. How are you having teenagers and a full-time job and like going back to school? But there is a little niggle in my heart that sometimes feels a little jealous, not of the homework, not of like the deadlines and tests, but I think it's of having a teacher who sits there and is just there to like teach you something you care about, someone you could just ask questions, you know, as much as you want while you're in class, like having access to that focused learning from a teacher you admire. I think I, I, that is very appealing to me. That makes sense. Okay. Yes, that is also appealing to me, even though I know deep down in my heart of hearts, I will never <laughs> go back to school. Actually, it's funny. I had a dream recently, or was it a nightmare? <laughs> I don't know. It was on the line. Um, I have no idea what was going on in my life. Maybe it was these friends who've gone back to school, but I had a dream that I was back in school. And over the course of the dream, I was sort of remembering, wait, I already have my degrees. Why am I here? What am I doing? Did I forget? How did this happen? What do I think this other degree is going to accomplish? Like I went through that whole, like that mental craziness of wondering, how did I find myself in this situation? (laughs) What am I doing here? So that's funny. I didn't even think of that until right this moment when we started this conversation, because, dear listeners, uh, in the latest of our um, How to Hack It conversations, today we are talking about how to hack a degree. And I think I think what we mean more than, it, I, I don't think, well, maybe you can clarify for us, Lisa Joe. What what I interpret us to mean by that is not how to hack credentials, right? but how to hack lifelong learning. Is that is that what you think? Right. And I think you forgot the most important word in the title of the show, how to hack a free degree, because I think that's 
yeah. <laughs> That's really important. What we're offering here is not like how to go and audit classes or sign up for right. you know second job so you can support your next degree. But you know, yeah, the kind of learning that is available to us for free. Like, how do you access that? Like, what does that even look like? And part of why I started thinking about this is I have a good friend who has gone back to get her master's and she continues to add degrees and course study, and she's just such a hungry learner. She is like the hungry, hungry caterpillar, but when it comes to learning. <laughs> and and I both admire that and part of me kind of aches and wishes I was doing that while at the same time thinking there is no way. Like I survived undergraduate school. I survived law school. I had to take the bar exam. I, I mean, all of that learning was so much. Now, what's interesting is some of our friends that are getting degrees, I have friends, some of them hadn't finished college before. And so mm -hmm. for them, it's like the sense of closure and accomplishment. And I have had those things. I don't need to have them again. I also just recently finished paying off my degrees from 20 years ago. <laughs> right. But I was talking to her as she was sharing because there is something about if you have to turn a paper in, now you are on deadline to read certain books that I often think, oh, I should read that, but there's no external pressure making me read it. And so at the end of the day, when I'm tired and I can choose between that or a BBC crime detective show, I'm always going to choose the BBC crime detective show than some book I know would, you know, be really good for me. So so this started in my head because I was having this conversation with a friend saying, wow, just so admire you, you know, you're showing up, you're doing the work, you're turning in papers. Wow, what you're learning is so incredible. And she surprised me by saying, but wait, what do you mean? It's no different than what you've been doing. And and I I took a beat and I looked at her and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> taking classes. And she said, yes, yes, you are. And Again, I was surprised. And she said, all the work that you have been doing recently to give yourself an education around how to write a great memoir is essentially the same as what I am doing now. And again, I asked her to clarify. And she said, yes, because so here we go, dear listener. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Because what has it looked like for me to hack a degree I didn't even think about? So I'm in the middle of writing a book in middle is probably wrong. I'm, I hope I'm near the end. <laughs> I really hope I'm near <laughs> the end of writing a book that's like two and a half, three years in process. But part of it is I am trying to stretch my writing into spaces that are definitely challenging for me. In order to do that, I needed to learn how to be a better, stronger storyteller, writing an arc, understanding dialogue, how to get a reader from the first page, how to integrate, you know, very difficult teachings in a way that the reader doesn't feel immediately like they want to put your book down or throw it across the room how to write in different persons. Like if I was trying to write somebody else's memories as part of mine, how do I do that? And so I didn't realize I had in essence then crafted for myself a course in creative memoir writing and assigned my own texts and teachers. And this is what we want to bring to you today to tell you maybe you don't realize that you're halfway through a degree the way I did not realize. And we want to yeah. affirm for you the work you're already doing. So if you have those podcasts, what, what are they about? Maybe they're about um, political science or homeschool or journalism or, you know, how to start or entrepreneurship. Like if you've clocked hundreds of hours listening to those kind of things, if you are then reading the books and doing a deep dive and you find like I have started doing, I 
now have a notes app and I take notes on the books that I'm reading. On I literally mm. write down quotes from podcast teachers on writing. I I order the books that they recommend. I actually went through, Christy knows this about me, I have rewritten the opening of my book many, many times. And in one of my phases of rewriting, I pulled up all of the top 20 memoirs from last year. So according to the critics, the best ones, I pulled all of them up. I didn't buy them, right? Free degree. I pulled them all up on Amazon. And you know how Amazon will let you read the first chapter or two of a book. I read the opening chapters of like 25 memoirs. I'm not even kidding. And it was so fun because they were very different. Like one opens, a guy was like in prison and he's describing his encounters. Others are like on a rural mountain in West Virginia. But I just started absorbing this content and then looking up podcasts where writers talk about writing and taking all these notes. And I had been doing that and sharing with my friend. And finally, she said, you're basically in a course. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm, it's like you're mm-hmm. doing all the reading, you're doing the assignments, you're listening to the lectures, you're, you're taking notes that are impacting your skill set. You have hacked a free degree. And we thought mm-hmm. maybe reader, listener, you don't realize you too are in the middle of a free degree. I know. I didn't realize it, Lisa Joe, because um, when we sat down to record this, I said to you, so <laughs> what is this one about? <laughs> and you reminded me of all the learning I've done since I came to Maplehurst about gardening. Right. So, um, yes, I, too, uh, uh, went to college, did an advanced degree in a subject I was very interested in, um, but I never thought and and imagined studying horticulture. That was never an interest of mine. I know I've shared on the podcast before. I can still remember uh, years ago when I was a subscriber to, yes, Martha Stewart, Living Magazine. (laughs) We've talked about that one. Um, And back in the day, uh, the issues were themed and every March was the gardening issue. And I can still remember when that gardening issue would show up in my mailbox, I would be so disappointed. Like, (laughs) darn, a whole magazine about plants. Oh, I love Of course, this. at the time, I was living in Chicago. I didn't even have a backyard. Um, I just had my little patio. So it just didn't feel relevant. And I didn't realize I was interested. Um, but when circumstances change or we're in a new season, you just never know what kind of knowledge you might hunger for. And so it's true. Since moving here, I have, without really intending to or planning it, I've been on my own decade-long course of study when it comes, you know, when it comes to gardening and horticulture. So that means I'm reading about gardening constantly. I'm um, watching Gardener's World, which is a BBC gardening show that's very educational. I too am pulling up gardening podcasts. Um, I'll add, so I love your tip about just pulling up books on Amazon to read little uh, segments. That's awesome. That might even help you with this. I don't know, but um, a great way to find the books that would be the sorts of things you might find on a course syllabus is to chase down all the the footnotes, the end notes in the bibliography. So those little things that when we're reading just, um, you know, not for a a degree, not for a class, but just for ourselves, those things that we maybe tend to ignore. I know I don't um, study, you know, (laughs) the, the bibliography of every book I read. But if you recognize, oh, this is a subject I am pursuing. This is something I want to you know, teach myself in a more concentrated way. Um, And you don't have a teacher to tell you what to read next. You don't have a teacher to put the reading list together. 
then when you find a book on the subject, um, then you pay attention. Who are they citing? What sources did they read? Who do they, you know, do they have a page with like, for you know, those pages for further study or, you know, to, you know, for further reading, like actually pay attention to those things and then go find those books. And so um, it's, it, we learn a lot when we read the things that our teachers have read. So books, podcasts, but I have another one too, if you're a more visual learner, and this is how I learned photography. Um, and I wonder if I told you about, did I ever tell you about Skillshare, Lisa Joe? Or do you know about Skillshare? Yeah, I feel like you may have, but I want to hear you talk about it more, obviously. So I feel like there are probably other websites that do this. But um, particularly if you're wanting to learn some sort of creative or artistic discipline, I found um, a membership website called Skillshare. We'll link to it in our show notes. And it's this is the only thing is it's not free. So here we're sort of, you know, a little asterisk on our free degree, but it's very low. <laughs> you know, it, it, if you're thinking about like paying for a degree, this is like, pennies. This is, this is um, you know, like buying a book, essentially. But Skillshare is a website where they have um, recruited sort of experts in their field. So, you know, whether it's computer coding or photography or graphic design. And these experts, these professionals have put together some really high quality video content that's sort of like you know, digital photography 101 or photo editing 101, like some some pretty um, sort of basic introductory um, material. And then you can just work through the videos. And once you have a membership to Skillshare, then you have access to all of it. So actually, while I was working through some photography and photo editing videos, um, my uh, middle school son was working through some like computer coding videos. So we huh. were getting sort of double out of the out of the membership. Um, and Lisa, I've never thought of myself, like, I'm not someone who spends a lot of time on YouTube. I don't, I tend to read more than watch. That's my preference. I tend to learn more from books than from, like, online video content. But I realized with something sort of technical, something that I needed to know, like, how to hold the camera in my hands and what to do with the buttons, being able to see someone and watch someone and have them show me um, made all the difference. So it's a little bit more like, you know, if you're learning to knit or crochet, it's so helpful to have that person sort of sitting next to you. Um, this was like that. And so, um, but even if you, you know, you don't want to like go all the way for a kind of a Skillshare membership, YouTube is is full of this kind of content too. Right. My daughter is always coming to me to try YouTube cooking tutorials, which are always horrifying. They're even worse <laughs> if they're off of TikTok because then she's like, they did this, took this hot dog and they wrapped it in bread, dipped in egg and powdered sugar and fried it. And then when she bites it, she's, she can't believe why it doesn't taste good. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, online is that I have, as you were talking, I realized, of course, I've done the same. In previous episodes, I've talked about my obsession with some of my favorite writers actually write for TV shows or movies. Aaron Sorkin is one of my all-time favorites, and I paid money to take one of his masterclass online video courses where he dissects a scene, he dissects rhythm and pacing of, of writing, of characters. Um, but more recently, I had really wanted to go and listen to a class that N.T. Wright was teaching um, near 
Baylor, Baylor University this summer on the book, uh, the book of Galatians. And it was too expensive and I couldn't take the time off. And uh, instead I discovered, well, he was teaching on Romans, but I discovered online he has this class on Galatians that you could sign up for. And as I researched it, I realized, oh my gosh, it, it's like having a classroom experience with him. He has um, these worksheets. They have a little quiz after every section. There's a comment section where you can interact with other people who are also listening to him teach. He has all kinds of handouts. It's so well done with the convenience of not having to travel. Like I can study and write here at home and feel like I'm in a classroom with him. So yeah, I've become a huge proponent too of discovering the teachers I want to learn from. So I do the same thing in podcasts. I will just put in the name of a teacher into my podcast app and search for every you know podcast I can find where they spoke and sort of obsessively listen to them, you know, on many different shows because different hosts will ask different questions or lean into different areas where I want to hear them talk. Um, I really love one of the books I've been really impacted by is the book called Educated that you guys may or may not have heard of, but it's by Tara Westover. It's a fascinating story. She grew up with these doomsday folks, you know, living in the mountains, and she ended up at Oxford. And uh, how how she wrote that was more interesting to me than what was in the book. And so I googled her and I googled podcasts that are about writing and her name, and came up with some really, I mean, compelling conversations where I took notes based on what she said about how to write about trauma, especially if the trauma is involving your family, like how to navigate those spaces. I wanted a teacher who could teach me that. And so I, the other thing you can do is if there are classes around those kinds of topics that you've heard of or universities carry, or in my case, you know, there's great editors I love or publishers who have become editors who are now freelance who teach at colleges, you can sometimes look up their course and look up the different topics they're going to cover and the books that that are part of the reading list and then just go read them yourself without participating in the course, which is a great hack as well. Because a lot of the times, if you've been in this field for a while, and you have some degree of experience, you just need someone to take it up a notch for you. And sometimes you just need someone to point like go down this hallway and read this voice. And, (laughs) and then if you've got one or two great friends who are also passionate about that, and you can talk to them about it, for me, that then completes the sort of life cycle of the classroom experience. So I have a friend, and I've been talking to Christy's one of them, and I have another one I've been talking to about memoir. I've been talking to about this chapter I keep trying to rewrite, and I just recently sent her my first two chapters, and it was a very discouraging experience because she came back and said such kind, very generic things, and then I knew to ask more, like, but so like, what what do you think? <laughs> to which she responded, no, I think it's really great. I just, it sort of feels to me like you have some pieces that maybe you could reorder in this first chapter still. She was still looking for something different. And I was annoyed because I still feel the same, but I was hoping I'd get a pass that she would just be yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's so wonderful. And instead she said what I already know and it's so frustrating. <laughs> But but that is, there you go. That's the classroom experience then, right? You've had somebody look and review your work. They've read the same things as you have. And now they're coming back to offer you feedback. And ta-da, you've hacked your degree in whatever it is that you're passionate about. Yeah. And I'm sort of realizing as I listen to us that if I had come across this conversation a few years ago, I think it would have made me feel 
tired or like, yeah. oh, that's great for them. But I, I don't know. I think I've had a sort of narrative for a long time that at a certain point, it's too late for certain things. And um, and it was really only because, and I've shared this story on the podcast before, it's only because um, I signed this book contract saying I would not only write a book, but also take the photographs. Um, I took that really terrifying step of faith that I never intended to do. And, and now I was in a position where I had to learn. I had to figure out, you know, how to take good photos and how to edit them. Um, and it was only because I had to and then I did it that I realized how great it felt, like how satisfying it was to have something new to learn and a new creative outlet. And yet, if I hadn't been forced to, I would have never just picked that up myself. I would have told myself, oh, I can't do that, or I've never done that, or other people do that. Um, and I know not everyone has that same narrative, but I do think a lot of us do, maybe especially as we get older and um, just we get used to the things we know, used to the things we don't know. Maybe we had some early negative experience and I'd had some, you know, some earlier experiences that made me think that, oh, I can't handle, you know, the technology of a good camera. I can't do that. And, um, and, and, and then we miss out. And so realizing myself how close I came to missing out, you know, that if my publisher had said, hey, Christy, don't worry about it. We know you're a little unsure. We'll hire a photographer. I would have said, oh, great. Yes, thank you. And I would have missed so much. Um, I mean, now in the evening, um, you know, sometimes I pick up a book because I've always loved reading, but sometimes if the light is right, I just head out with my camera and it's just for me. It's just for the pleasure of it. And editing photos, so much fun. I never imagined saying that. So I think sort of the bigger, the bigger why behind this conversation is um, is that we hope our listeners can discover, if you haven't already, what we've discovered, that lear lifelong learning um, adds so much richness to our ordinary lives, that, um, that we aren't sort of locked into the things we know and the things we've experienced at a certain age, but there's always an opportunity to learn, which is, I think, uh, synonymous with gr with growth. There's always this opportunity to grow. Like at no point in life is it okay to just be stagnant, <laughs> right? That's death actually. So, you know, living is growing and a part of growing is learning and, um, and learning in a really focused way so that you gain confidence and you gain access to new opportunities and new skills and just new pleasures is such a joy. So I know that is, this feels like yeah, some of our Hackett conversations are just super fun. This one's also fun, but I also feel this kind of weighty, like, listeners, do it. Go for it. I know. And not <laughs> you don't have to do it the way someone else is, you know, like the degrees my friend is getting. I always feel like I should be interested in that, but I'm not. And I think it's about really leaning into what you want to learn more about. Like, what's the itch where you're like, oh, I wish I understood that better, or I wish I knew more about that. And maybe it's like not even particularly intellectually deep pursuits. I mean, I, here's, here's one of the things I love and my brother does this. So my brothers are, they own a film production company. They make movies and TV shows for a living and, uh, they do a lot of the writing, a lot of the production. But my brother, Joshua, one of the things he loves to do and he rewards himself. So when he's done a project, he lets himself watch movie trailers. 
Isn't that weird? But that's like his thing. He loves it. He's fascinated by how they can communicate the arc of a story in a movie trailer. He likes to decide if he likes it or not. It teaches him about angles and storytelling. He loves movie trailers. I love to read movie reviews. It's like weird for me. Like I have certain reviewers that I will literally just go and read their reviews the way other people read news articles. Like I'll deep dive their reviews. I want to read their reviews of movies they hated the most. I want to read their like top hundred because for me, like the art of unpacking the great movie in a written form to communicate to a, a watcher, a viewer, why they should watch it without giving away the plot. Like, it's fascinating to me. And so I tend to follow rabbit trails about that. I then love to watch YouTubers who will recap big piv- pivotal, you know, end of the season um, TV shows. And they're so good at it. They'll break it down. They'll like link back to like earlier things. They pick up different plot devices So it's almost as if I want to hack, like, what does it look like to be a reviewer? You know, I I don't ever want to do that as my job, but I am so interested in it. And so I allow myself to lean into those spaces. And then sometimes I find a book that'll be talking about like the genesis of television or film or where we saw big changes and shifts in storytelling. And I read those. So I guess this is just us as usual, giving you permission to lean into your, your passions, no matter how quirky they are, you know, they don't have to be Mm -hmm. somebody else's my kid i have a kid who's a sneakerhead. he's always telling me about the trends of sneakers and who's buying what and what shoe he saw and like there's so much to be curious about in the world and there's so many other curious people who are sharing what they've learned and they're sharing it for free so yeah that's just something to think about this fall as your kids go back to school what kind of fun degree do you not realize you're even halfway through and you can give yourself permission to lean into it i love it and i can't wait to hear from our listeners what quirky thing or what just out there thing they're interested in pursuing so be sure to tell us about it maybe tag us on instagram i'm at christy purifoy and i am at lisa joe baker and yeah we love hearing what you are learning from these conversations too can't believe we're nearly at the end of the series next week the last how to hack it all right here we go one more see you next week listeners see you then